0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. How are you? I'm having an interesting day. Uh, so, earlier today, I put up an episode with uh, Meg Britton, my guest today, and uh, it sounded terrible. It just, the audio wasn't good. And I knew it wasn't good, but she was so compelling um, that even through the broken audio, I, I kind of went through the conversation. Um, Long story short, because we kind of recap it when we start talking, uh, she listens to it and says, hey, I can re-record if you want. And I was like, awesome, let's do that. So this is take two of my interview with Meg Britton. Uh, I'm going to spare all the long, boring intro stuff that I normally do where I ramble, but I will ask, uh, wherever you're watching or listening to this, please hit subscribe, follow, five stars, thumbs up, reviews, comments, all that kind of crap. I love it all. Um, I need you. help me grow so i'm here for you as well i appreciate it
1: are you listening damn i
0: don't even care if that if that's the opening of the show
1: i don't even care that's great this is take two
0: uh i'm with i'm with meg britain uh at meg dot britain on instagram um right off the top i mean we're going to start by kind of addressing the elephant in the room you and i recorded last week and um i addressed the audio kind of at the beginning and i said i think it sounds a little wonky um but we were both so enthusiastic to talk to each other and 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 have the conversation that we just kind of plowed through it Mm -hmm. and um you listened to it this morning when I released the episode, and you're like, uh, that's fucking horrible. Why would you release that?
1: <laughs> I that don't was know. your
0: <laughs> that was your direct message to me. No, um, it you wasn't. sent me a message, you were like, You fucking moron. Um, and I was like, Whoa, whoa, I, <laughs> you're a mom. How can you talk to me that way? Uh <laughs> but in reality, what happened was you promoted the episode and then you listened to it, and then you messaged me, you're like the audio is a little choppy. I'm like, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, but again, you were so uh, passionate and everything that I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with this, and we're just gonna, we're gonna release it uh, after this recording. I will pull the other one and we'll put this guy up. Um, so that elephant's out of the way. Now uh-huh. I will try to recreate the interview verbatim. I believed I started by introducing you. To the audience because you're relatively new on the scene mm-hmm. i did our interview with renee for the mom room podcast uh that's how you and i started talking um and i kind of fell in love with your content and <laughs> as i as i said to you back then uh, back then a week ago uh <laughs> as i said to you then uh the thing that drew me to you was the authenticity of it all i can it smells authentic and i, I you know there's a million mom bloggers and Instagrammers out there. um, And a lot of it is terrible, but I could smell that it was real with you. So I wanted to keep having uh, this conversation with you. Um, And I I guess we'll start there, which is why, why did you decide that you wanted to be a content creator for moms?
1: Um, Well, originally I started the, I started my like Instagram account back in 2019 when my son was born and he was, we had a lot of struggles, you know, just from birth um, medically, and then being a new mom, I was terrified. I was doing everything wrong, and so I created this um, uh, account to try to reach out and meet other people. I am an expat to Ottawa. I have no family here or friends here, so I felt incredibly lonely, and that was a way of meeting people and just feeling like Okay, I can do this. If other moms are doing this, I can do this too. And then, after my daughter was born, I started kind of having this urge to change what I was putting out there, um, and to try to give back to to the community that I had, you know, really taken from for my own for my myself um, to give back. And so I started shifting and talking a lot about you know, what I had gone through and um, uh, guilt and anxiety and post-traumatic stress disorder from like birth and um, all of these feelings that were so, felt so overwhelming to me at the time, I now realize are so normal, but we don't talk about it. And I wanted to be maybe just one account that somebody sees that says, okay, you know, this is okay for me to feel this way.
0: When you say, it's okay for me to feel this way, what does that mean to you? What are you, uh, what are you thinking about when you say that?
1: Well, the feeling, there. I think there's a misconception that um, to be a mom or to be a parent, because I'm sure you feel the same way, and I. Um, but to be a parent, everything has to be awesome. You have to love your kids at every second of the day. You need to give and give and give and give without complaint, you know, and when we see, social media is just like, just full of happy, smiling, neutral, everything's cheery, it can start to kind of eat at you and go, why am I not enjoying this every moment? Why do I have these feelings? Why, why am I crying in the corner? Because I'm going, what the fuck did I do? Like, why? I love my child so freaking much, but this is so hard. This doesn't come easily to me. And if that's all you see are easy, you start to wonder if what you're experiencing is wrong. Um, And that's how I felt. And I don't want anyone to feel that way. So I'm putting out content that to me feels very real because I know that it's probably how other people feel. And the response I've gotten is a lot of moms saying, thank you, like I feel this way. And I didn't know that that was okay to feel.
0: Well, that's what I what I like about your content is, um, it, you know, there's an element of humor to it for sure. Um, there is an element of like parenting is is difficult, but to me, it doesn't cross that line because there's a lot of parenting webs, uh, parenting influencers that drive me crazy where they're like, "just Parenthood sucks." It's like, no, it doesn't suck. Mm. It's 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 a challenge. It's a grind and. And something I'm a big believer in is, and it's one of the reasons why I like started this podcast is you got to find a little piece of yourself because you can find your, you can lose yourself in becoming a parent and it can become all encompassing in your identity. Um, and if that's what you want, that's awesome. But I don't think most of us, when we got into parenthood, we're like, oh, now I have to be a completely different person and give up everything I like. And everything I wanted um, and and I get elements of that with yours which is it's okay to be frustrated and still do something for yourself so what are some things that you do for yourself
1: uh, well I recently I've been doing a lot more on Instagram which has been great but I garden like I've been really carving out time for a garden and I think I told you last time and if you follow me you know this story but um, I ordered five yards of dirt and I didn't consider like how much that was until a dump truck came (laughs) and it was just like, beep, beep, beep. So I garden, um, and I So you ordered
0: five yards of dirt without researching what five yards of dirt would look like?
1: I hadn't. You were just
0: like, eh, it feels right.
1: Well, I knew (laughs) from experience that like one yard wouldn't be enough. And I was like, and the thing is they get you. Okay. They get you. Yes, it's, it's a like, scam.
0: It's a big no, it's
1: not a scam. It's dirt not a scam. scam. Go ahead. I
0: go <laughs> we'll hear where this goes. They get,
1: they get you because it's like you pay for the first delivery, and then every yard after that is only like $20 or $10 or $15. And so I was like, oh, just add another yard. And then I'm going, oh, maybe we should just add another yard. And then we go, okay, five yards should be enough. And it was enough. You know, I've been gardening since I got the dirt in June. And I still have dirt.
0: <laughs> Where is this dirt currently located?
1: On my driveway.
0: <laughs> oh, your neighbors must love you.
1: Oh, it's like in the back. Okay. But like we we often have like our neighbors come over because they have You're the dirt kids. neighbor. Got it. <laughs> yeah. And like they have kids that are our kids ages. So they come and play in our backyard and they have to like walk around the pile to get in. But now it's just like a we'll move it before winter hits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I picture you, like shopping for dirt, like on Amazon prime and like, Whoa. oh, it's just a little add to cart and away you go, um, That's so funny. <laughs> dirt, dirt problems. Um, I, am going to pivot hard from, yeah. uh, dirt problems to, um, something that you and I share in common, which I don't know if it's terribly common cause honestly, it's not something I've, I've heard many people talk about, which is, um, experiencing a code pink. Um, during childbirth so this is gonna come across a little awkward for those who maybe didn't listen to the first one but um, the the first attempt at this um, so uh, on my podcast or on my episode that I did with Renee on the mom room podcast I talked about how I uh, experienced code pink with my birth of my first child and for those who are unfamiliar with it, it is basically child in distress let's say Um, I don't know the official term but everybody drops everything and comes crashing into your room because a child is in grave danger. Um, from my experience, my wife had a very long labor uh, before they decided to do an emergency C-section. Upon taking my child out, uh, he stopped breathing. He basically went into shock and they had to revive him very momentarily. Um, it was it was a, a gut-wrenching moment. It was a punch in the face um, after what had been like a long 48 hours. So. Um, upon sharing that story, you reached out to me and said, hey, I also had a moment like that. Um, would you mind sharing that for with everyone, kind of what you went through?
1: Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so with my first, I went into something called cholestasis. So essentially, my gallbladder stopped working. So and the role of the gallbladder is that it filters out all that gross, nasty blood that circulates through your system. Um. And so that the baby's getting healthy, healthy, clean blood. Uh, so when it stopped working, I was getting kind of toxic, you know, blood going in through the the placenta, um, which means that it's at risk for the baby's at high risk for a fatality. So as soon as that that was found out, you know, they put me on medication and they tried to get me to uh, term, which was thirty seven weeks, as fast as close as they could. Um, Ultimately, it was decided that it just was too risky. And so I was given 24 hours notice and induced. And that's kind of where I've really felt like I was losing the start of losing control and kind of the whole birth process. Um, So it was about three days of induction, just nothing was working, my body was not responding at all. And I remember them just constantly trying something else and trying something else and trying something else. And it being a first time mom, I had no idea what to even expect. You know, they're saying all these words. And it's funny because I'm, I'm in healthcare, And in that moment, like that part of me is gone. I'm just a very scared pregnant woman. You know, I'm a patient and and I kind of just kept going with the flow and going with the flow, not wanting to be maybe it's a classic Canadian thing, but not wanting to rock the boat. You know, it's um, such a
0: Canadian thing. It's kind of like uh, you're in distress, but you're like, I don't want to inconvenience the doctors.
1: Yeah. So um, finally, after it was like day three, they decided, okay, you know, we need to break your water. It's getting to the point where it's just now like we have to keep progressing this. So they broke my water and I was uh, in labor after that for another 24 hours. like, so I guess that was day two. It's the days kind of start to blur, but, um, long story short, I finally am getting to the point where I can like actively push, you know, when he's coming and I'm pushing and pushing and pushing. And it was doing it for so long that I'd pass out, like pass out between contractions and I'd wake up and go, Oh, and like start pushing again. And I noticed that the room was getting really quiet, you know, um, there's stop whispering, you know, there's whispering in the corners and my husband's getting a little bit more anxious. And I was like, what's going on? You know, and they said, you like, we're now at a point where this baby needs to come out. He's, and they're like, you need to push with everything you have. And so, you know, the mama bear that lifts up the, the car <laughs> off her child. I was like, Ooh, and I like, I forced this child out of me. <laughs> um, And what should have been a really, really amazing triumphant moment of like, yes, I did this. I immediately knew something was wrong. Um, The whole room was really quiet and they put him on my chest. Like, and I have a picture and it's really hard to look at, but I have a, they put him on my chest and you can kind of, he went up and then stopped breathing like entirely. And he was blue, like blue, blue, blue. Um, and in a matter of seconds, like I remember him being there and then they started to do like, um, resuscitation on like, they were trying to revive him on my chest because they're just like, okay, wake up, wake up, wake up. Um, and then off my chest and into the side of the room and they started doing, um, like CPR over there and then out of the room. And that happened so fast. Um, and I had no idea what was happening. You know, I, they cut the, they, they're like, cut the, cut the cord, take him out. And then I'm just left there looking at my husband and going, follow the baby, like go with the baby. I had no idea if he was alive. And, um, it's funny because the more I talk about it, the easier it is, but it still brings up all those feelings of like total helplessness. And, um, I remember laying there after the fact after the residents had left alone and wondering if if my child had survived and i had no idea i didn't know for a really long time until a friend of the family actually came and went like oh you're still here like why is nobody with you and she was the one to tell me that he was okay and that he was in the NICU, but he was ventilated. He had a, he had a breathing tube. He was not breathing on his own.
0: Uh, thank you for sharing that. Um, second time I've heard it first time. I've heard it clearly. I'm going to make a joke <laughs> there. Um, it's still, uh, gut wrenching to hear your, to hear your tale. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Um, do you know how long, you were were left alone do you could you uh,
1: it's so hard in that moment like it's so hard because i it could have been minute it wasn't minutes i know that it Mm. felt like forever i would say it's realistically 30 to 45 minutes alone
0: of not knowing what's going on
1: yeah and just laying there because
0: like, You're exhausted. You're white. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'd yeah. been,
1: I'd been in, I'd been induced for the last three days in an active labor for three hours. Like I physically could not move my body. Like I was just so tired. Um, and I had no idea. And that was the feeling of that loss of control, that kind of followed me throughout the rest of the parenting journey, because he was very sick after that and very sick for a long time. And even as he got better. As he got, you know, older and better, I just kept looking back at that moment and being like, That's my sick little baby. You know, that's my little baby boy. Um, I need to protect him. I need to make sure that he's perfect, that he's healthy, that I'm doing everything that I possibly can right to make sure that nothing goes wrong. Again, so
0: he's he's three now. Yeah. Uh, I've seen photos. Seems like a happy, healthy little boy.
1: Very. <laughs> um,
0: has that feeling of, um, you know, I gotta let him. I gotta let him be a boy. I gotta let him. And I, I hate doing gender stuff, so I apologize if I offended anyone. Even that simple comment, but um, I, I gotta let him be a kid, and I gotta let him. Uh, I gotta let him scrape his knee and, and bump his head. Have you been able to kind of let that go, or are we still like kind of helicopter parenting at all times?
1: <laughs> no, I I. <laughs> That part I that doesn't bother me. You know, uh-huh. I'm often the one. When he falls, I'll laugh in order to not like be like ha 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 ha. But like ha ha, you know, because they look at you and they go, you have a split second where yeah. you decide if you're going to be scared or if you're going to laugh. And <laughs> they so, look to you
0: to see if you're. Am I hurt?
1: <laughs> it helps that my that my anxious tick is that I laugh. <laughs> so. So if he falls, like my anxiety can spike up, but I'll laugh instead. And so be like, okay, it's cool, and then I'll run away. But um, I think the the fear of his health diminished, but the the need to do things right did not. Okay. Um, and that like that if it's not if it's not being done the right way, I'm gonna mess up. Like I'm gonna mess him up. He something's gonna happen again. You know that, F- that that FFU I like to call it that fear of fucking up. Like I've
0: never heard that. Okay. Oh, F-F-U. I made it
1: up. It's oh, TM. you did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Meg Britton has got her <laughs> merch line coming. FFU, F-F-U. I love it. <laughs> right, trademarked already. Um, fast forward a few years later, mm-hmm. uh, you decide it's time to have another one. Yeah. Venturing into even having that conversation uh, with your partner to say, I-, I think I'm ready. Was that a big hurdle because of your experience the first time? Or was it like, I, I, from, from were you always kind of set on two? Or did this almost scare you away from having a second?
1: Um, I wasn't even sure I wanted one kid. Okay. So, but like it ended up being a really, really like we made the decision and it was the best decision I ever made in my life. I had no idea the part of me that was missing until I became a mom. Um, And then after all of that with Charles, I was like, okay, you know, we're just having one like that was awful. Um, And then I thought it started thinking about like, why why i didn't want to have a kid versus why i did and the the desire to have a second always seemed to outweigh the fear of not okay like um and that's something i learned in therapy was to just try to like okay what are you what are the what is the fear that's driving you versus the benefit that you could get from this situation um and i am so glad we did you know it took a a, a couple tries you know we had a couple miscarriages and every time that happened we go okay maybe we should stop but then we'd have the conversation no let's keep trying and then have another miscarriage and go okay let's stop um and then we just kept trying and trying and we got our beautiful baby girl we're very very lucky
0: that's amazing um yeah, you know, our, our our stories um, align a lot. My, my wife and I have had several miscarriages as well, and it's um, it's it's a thing. Like you got to you got to have a conversation after every one, um, and and check on the other person to see are we up for it again? Are we gonna? Are we, are we prepared to do this again? Um, how, you know, what type of emotional toll has it taken on you? What type of emotional toll has it taken on me? And mm-hmm. and where are we landing on this? So. Um, Greatly appreciate you sharing your your, your story with us today, Meg. Uh, And I greatly appreciate you being available to do it twice.
1: (laughs) Of course. Twice. Um,
0: She is Meg.Britain, primarily on Instagram. She hasn't ventured off of there yet. She's going to. I know she is. She's (laughs) she's going to. she got that spark in her eye. I can see it. She's going to make this a thing. So, uh, where are you going next? Facebook, Instagram, no, you're already on Instagram, Facebook, uh, the, are you going to tweet? going to tweet oh, or no. the, tick, the TikTok?
1: I feel like to, to tweet, you have to be like clever.
0: You <laughs> like, don't. Have you seen, no, you have to be a <laughs> troll to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'd probably, I, I'm venturing maybe into doing a podcast. I feel like I want to talk to more parents like you. Like you I have got just, a
0: great setup now. I know.
1: It's my husband's. <laughs> I, Yeah. But um, <laughs> um and uh, I don't know maybe I'll do TikTok I know that that's another really great platform to to talk to people on so we'll see
0: you're on your way you're yeah. you're doing great well, and uh, <laughs> I look forward to kind of staying in touch as we uh, as we grow together this thing yeah. is still building in both of our cases so well, thank uh, you. she is at Meg Britain she is lovely uh I sh- should clarify it's at meg.britton so that way you can find the right one on uh, Instagram. <laughs> Her, she's constantly smiling. I know you said it's a nervous thing. You're constantly smiling. Oh, I have well. like a natural frown face. You have a natural smile.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like just like always there. That's, the, <laughs> that's childhood trauma for you. That's another conversation.
0: <laughs> okay, we're going to end on childhood trauma. Tea. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's the show. I uh, told you it was worth it. Um, This will be the first time I actually pull something off. Uh, It just wasn't meant to be that time. And I hate saying that. But anyways, Um, so my thanks to Meg for her time uh, twice. Thanks for sharing that story. That was uh, not easy to hear either time. Um, It's a lot. And if you've ever gone through a code ping, it's a, it's a hell of a lot. It, it, it wears on you, and it's a moment you'll never forget. So thank you to her for opening up and sharing that story with us. I want to thank DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Uh, website's great. His show is fantastic. Uh, head over there and check out all this stuff. And while you're there, check out the merch store featuring... That Nerd Dad merch, Zero Days Without a Dad Joke, World's Okayest Dad, raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob, and that Nerd Dad logo, available in all kinds of colors and sizes. 30, 35 bucks for a shirt, good quality stuff, and you're supporting a small business. So, uh, greatly appreciated if you want to do that, and uh, tell me if you do. We'll get you on the show somehow. I, I don't care. I'll put you on the show. We'll have some fun with it. We'll talk about why you decided to support me. Or anything else you want to talk about. Unless it's Nazis. I'm not going to talk about Nazis. That seems like a good place to end. Nazis. Until next week, be well, be safe.
1: Thanks for listening. Damn. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exume the truth. Do, did, will? The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first 5 episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready?